Hello, everybody. Welcome to a new episode of Watch or Not with Jay and MJ. Got the right this time. Oh my God. Was that the first time you got the and correct? Yeah, I think it is. I'm Jay. I'm MJ. I'm excited for myself. I was. I wanted to make sure because usually <laughs> I'm like Jay or MJ, Jay with or without MJ, Jay within MJ. Whoa, Jay in does and, not be, need to be within MJ. <laughs> in and around MJ. <laughs> so, uh, no. Welcome back, you guys. So... Oh, <laughs> what have we been up to lately? It's like we don't know what question you're going to ask. Yes. So I know you usually start with, wait, who starts with who? I, I think you normally start with me. I don't know why we're just so off today. It feels like it's been forever since we recorded last, but it's only been about a week. Yeah, it's weird. So what have you been up to lately? Um, Chelsea lately. <laughs> I, I, I don't know if I'm in a kind of weird mood. I've been in a weird mood, but it's. I sat down and watched every Nightmare on Elm Street movie I could find this week. We're not, no, we're not talking about this. I can't. But I'm not going to talk about the actual movie. I just literally sat down I'm and I'm not going to be able to sleep. <laughs> I, I sat down and watched Nightmare on Elm Street 1 through 6, the remake that came out in 2010, and Freddy vs. Jason within a five-day span. I'm going to let you continue with your story, but... For people who don't know me, I, I, I'll watch a horror movie. We've touched base on this. Right. But, like, Freddy Krueger is the one. I'm not, I'm not fucking with Freddy Krueger. I don't fuck with that Because movie. it's nightmares and dreams? Because you can't control that shit. Like, you can't control your dreams or your nightmares and stuff like that. No, that's why I don't watch it. But you but, won't watch a, uh, not a Freddy Krueger. Well, I, I watch Freddy Krueger. But you won't watch a Michael Myers or a Jason Voorhees. Yeah, I will. You'll watch a Halloween or a Friday the 13th movie. You know I'm watching a Friday the 13th movie? Because I'm at White Knight at Camp Crystal Lake. That's why I'll watch Jason. <laughs> I'm, I, I, I'm fine. I'm living. And with uh, Halloween, I'll watch that one too. Because my own mind that come after my ass. I ain't a babysitter. I don't live in that town. I'm actually shocked at how well you know these plots. I do. They're and, not but, very like deep like, or intricate. but Anything with a, with a ghost or exorcism, I can't explain it, so I'm out. Would you watch It? I haven't. I keep feeling like I should, but I haven't. I liked the new one. I should say that with also prefacing, I've never seen the old one. Yeah, but I also feel like I feel like I could watch Freddy Krueger because I do know the premise is. I think the premise is like the kids did something to somebody, so and he, since they did something, he came back. He. The whole premise is Freddy Krueger was a child molester. The parents figured out what he was doing, hunted him down, and killed him because. What happened was he got arrested, was going to go sent to jail, got off on a technicality because the form they used to get him in prison or, or arrest him had a misprint or something wrong. Okay. So they released him. And the parents were like, F this. We took so long to get him the first time. We're just going to take it into our own hands. And the parents killed him. So he's coming back to kill the kids of the parents who killed him. Never mind about watching it. But go ahead. What what spurred this on? Did you watch them during the daytime? <laughs> yeah, I think the only one I watched at night was Freddy versus Jason, but that one's just so stupid. It, it's so stupid to the point where you're, you just you cannot be scared watching that. I feel like I feel like I. Okay. Oh, okay. I did see that one, but every time Freddy Krueger was on was on, I was like covering my face. I believe that came out when I was in college. I think, and I was literally like, every time Freddy Krueger came on, I was like, nope. The most recent one that came it. back or came out back in 2010, I, I don't know who made it, but it was actually probably one of the creepiest ones. 
I just don't like that dream thing. But I mean, I still understand like what spurred this on. Like, why? I don't either. I was just in the oh. mood to watch something like give me some spine tingles and put me on edge. I just want to watch something that's a little weird. Hmm. So I just I had never seen the Freddy Krueger series. Um, oh, so this is your first time seeing it at all? Yeah. So I just watched it for the first time. Dude, you're weird. I wanted to watch Friday the Thirteenth, but. Apparently, you have to pay extra on Hulu to watch them, and I'm not paying extra oh, on Hulu. Hulu's getting you with the, with this with this uh with this uh watch with add on bullshit. Yeah, because that one's uh, Halloween's okay. I've seen most of the Halloweens, but I've never I've only seen maybe three or four of the Friday the Thirteenth movies, mm-hmm. and I've been wanting to watch those, but I'm not paying extra. Jason ain't that good. Did you ever play the video game? No. I, it looks fun, but I don't want to play it because I'm scared. I'm a little scared. But wasn't Friday the 13th the remake they did maybe back in 09 to, to like 2011 range that had uh, Jared Padalecki in it? Boy, do I don't know. I think that don't Jared know. Padalecki was in the remake. Oh, okay. See, I, because when Halloween rebooted, I remember that back in the back in the aughts mm-hmm. uh, with Josh Hartnett. Mm-hmm. Uh, Michelle Williams, you know that one. Oh, God, I remember seeing that one. I love. I actually really liked that one. It probably was. It probably was one of the shit ones. Yeah, but that was like in the Scream era, you know, of stuff. Like, I love the Scream movies. I, I do love those. Even I like the first because two. of Courtney Cox. No, no, I just actually think maybe I liked them because I felt like it was a scary movie that I could watch and still be a little like intrigued by. And they probably weren't the best scary movies but i i walk around going i can watch scary movies i've watched scream because that's something you should brag about look we can go find some creepy shit if you want to start watching scary movies no no it's too late in the day if i was gonna watch a scary movie it has to be like uh, 10 a.m like first thing you do when you wake up just you know you're gonna do it so you can watch it and have the rest of the day to get over it i will admit though the first time i saw the scariest movie that got to me was probably the first time I saw Sixth Sense, and I was maybe, God, when did that come out? I was maybe in fourth grade. Oh. And the entire next day, I thought, like, there was ghost around. I couldn't be by myself. I had to, like, be next to somebody. I never saw Sixth Sense. It's okay. Somebody, somebody ruined the twist. Oh. So I never went back and saw it. That sucks. Like, you just can't take that away from somebody. And I've, I've tried to watch it, but then I'm like, as soon as I start watching it, I start thinking about, I'm like, oh, and I get the plot, and I'm like, fuck, this is stupid. Why am I even watching this right now? I think the scariest movie I ever watched, honestly, was probably The Exorcist. That's probably the first, that's probably the first one that, if you ask my child self, it will be Child's Play. Oh, is the that very, Chucky? Yes, the very, very, very first one. I've never watched a Chucky movie. I... Didn't watch that one either, but I was, it was me, my sister, my older sister, and all of my step siblings and stuff like that. We were all staying, we were all sleeping over that night, and I, they all wanted to watch it, but I didn't want to be the only kid upstairs for myself. So I sat downstairs in the TV room and basically covered my face the whole time. Well, see, I never watched Chucky's, but I would watch back when I was younger, like Hellraisers and all the other ones. But Jesus. the first doll movie I saw was Annabelle. Or is it Annabeth? Oh, it's Annabelle. Annabelle. Okay. Uh, that was the first doll movie I watched where it was supposed to be possessed by whatever. And I, I, I will not go back and mess with, the, no, the, 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 the two twins in um, The Shining, the come play yeah. with us. Fuck that. I need to watch that too. I've never watched that. That one's good. I like The Shining. I don't mind doll stuff because I'm like, you're a doll. I'm kicking you. 
like I as can it comes at you with a butcher knife. Yeah, I'll get a bat. Like you're a doll. Fair enough. Like what? What are we running from here? Like I just don't understand. I don't. I mean, you're not a grown ass man. You're literally a baby doll. Do you remember? And this may be why I like scary stuff. Do you remember the shows back on Nickelodeon, the Goosebumps and the um, Are You Afraid of the Dark? Yes. Yes. Those were my shit back in the day, and it's probably why I like scary movies and creepy stuff today. I watched those when I was a kid. And I still don't like that shit. So but I'm just <laughs> I'm just a weird person, I guess. Well, mm. so I've been in a weird mood. I've never seen Freddy Krueger, so I decided to scare myself for five days straight. But what have you been up to? I've also uh, picked up something that I, that I have sworn <laughs> not to pick up Come and on. to start watching. Because I tweeted a few weeks ago on our Twitter that I didn't realize the interview challenge was still going on and how do they even have money to give away. Yeah. Which is still a relevant question. Uh but then I randomly, it was almost like the cell phone gods were hearing me and some article randomly popped up while I was scrolling something that was like, why MTV is the challenge, Total Madness is the best challenge ever. And I was like. So what season is this? I don't know, 36 or five. It's like The Bachelor. Like 35, yeah. And I didn't read the article, but I was like, really? Is that great? And I was like, hmm, well, maybe I should just look at it. You know, let me ask just. Take a look. See what's going on. Because I think when I saw that See if article, you find that next Bay of the Week. No. no. If, if the challenge is happening, Bay of the Week is always CT. Doesn't matter if he's on the challenge. He's still Bay of the Week. If the challenge is happening and CT's not there, CT's Bay of the Week. Um, <laughs> but uh, it's... So I was like, I'll watch it if it's available on one of my apps. And see what this is all about. So I did watch the... Uh, it was on the MTV app. And I was like, okay, I'll watch the first episode. And the reason I... I I hate the challenge is because they have the same people on it every single year and they throw in like four or five new girls and new guys who've never been on the show before. And mm-hmm. then the way the challenges, have you watched the challenge before? I've seen an episode or two. Yeah. The way they're structured is they have like, they have like the big challenge and then the, usually the winners of the big challenge decide who goes into the elimination round Depending on which challenge it is, it could be called the gauntlet or something weird like that. And then they put somebody else against him, two boys, one week and the two girls the next week. And then whoever wins comes back to the house. So usually what happens is the house is like, well, we're going to vote in the rookies. You have to earn your stripes. And it's like, I know this is going to happen every single season. Everyone who's been on the show for 18 years has their pre has their own little alliances as soon as they come in. So the same people make the final mm-hmm. every single year. And it gets obnoxious. Sometimes a new person can break through, but not very often. So this time, I watched the first episode and I was like, I was like, okay, whatever. It looks the same. CT's on it. He's he's a little he's, again. He's looking a little. He's really fluffy. Really How much money fluffy. do you think these people have won from MTV? I don't know because they're basically paid like they're basically actors. Basically, they are actors. I feel like it's semi-scripted. To I'm sure they audition and have to sell themselves as a certain character to get on there. Yeah, possibly so. They did the challenge or whatever, and then they, um, the losers or the rest of the house, they have the people who won, the three people who won the, the challenge, get to decide one person to go into the elimination round, and then the rest of the house gets to decide one other person as well. So of course, the rest of the house decide they pick the rookie one of the smaller guys, and I'm like, oh, this is familiar. And then the people who won pick another guy rookie, and I'm like, oh, this looks familiar. Why is this season so great? 
And then the one of the rookies won, obviously. Well, yeah. And he was like, we're not done with you yet, rookie. And they were, he was like, what? And he was like, you all have your helmets with your names on them, right? And he was like, and they were like, yeah. He goes, um, this guy who just won earns a red skull because he's been in the elimination round and he's won. And they're like, okay, cool, a red skull in your helmet. And they go, and and he goes, in order for you to be able to run in a final, the very last final for the for the money, you have to have a red skull. So you have to be in you the challenge. You have to go into the elimination round. Oh. Where most, all the other ones, you're trying to stay out of that elimination round because you don't know who you're going up against. Yeah. You don't know what the challenge is going to be. It could be physical. It could be mental. It could be endurance. You don't know. So he still, so it was like, so now he's the only one qualified to go into a final. Tricky, tricky MTV. So I was like. Okay, look at y'all trying to change. change There's change a little strategy up. to it now. Yeah, so I'm like, so that's the thing. Now people were like, so do you try to go in early, or do you try to wait until the end again, or what do you what do you do? Because and they gave the people who won the challenge that challenge for the week, they get the option to decide if they want to go in and face that person too. So they can vote oh. themselves in if they won the challenge for that week. Which the next week was the girls did it the same thing. They um they voted in. The, the girl they think is the weakest and the rookie, which I was like, okay, is this really going to get different? I go, so this is, it's still, this hasn't really changed anything. And then the third week, and I'm spoiling this because they just announced who the winner was and I haven't watched it, but at this point you should know. Um, I don't know who the winner is, but the third episode, they did the same thing. The, the first guy they voted in on the first episode, the rookie, mm-hmm. they voted him in again. And I was like, Okay, I'm going to fucking stop watching this fucking show. Do they not realize now that they have to be voted in? So I'm going to laugh when it comes down to it. And right. CT's like, I'm going to Red Skull. Oh, shit. So CT won that, won that week. And oh. he was in the, the uh, little collection of people to decide who goes in that week. And when they got to the elimination round, they were like, who do you guys decide to go in? And CT goes, actually, I'm voting myself and I'm going down here. And it was like some challenge where they had to block like a prison like a weird little metal grate door mm-hmm. and they had to use ropes chains cinder blocks boulders whatever they could they had to spend 20 minutes blocking off their door and trying to lock it up and everything like that and then after 20 minutes they switched doors and whoever unblocked the door and was able to open it all the way and get in and hit their little buzzer would win and this guy beat ct by maybe like 15 20 seconds oh shit it. and i'm like this is why they're saying this is the best season ever. And I'm expecting okay. some I'm expecting some randos. I'm expecting some people who have been running this challenge for years to be to be kicked off just randomly out of nowhere. So now that guy's got two red skulls and he's still the only guy who is qualified to run in the final. So, okay, and I know this has been going on forever, but was this MTV's response to Survivor? Actually, they have people from the guy. They have people from Survivor. So now what they've done is it originated as the Real World Road Rules Challenge. Mm-hmm. So people from Real World, people from Road Rules will compete against each other. And then it kind of merged into the challenge where they had random people. And then they did a whole a whole series of ones where they just brought in randos from nowhere and just auditioned new people. And now they're bringing in people from Big Brother, people from Survivor, people from like Amazing Race. So they're bringing in people from all kinds of other competition shows. So people who feel like they have in. lost relevancy and need to come back and get a little bit of no people who know who they are. Basically. So in this, this year's prize is a million dollars. How MTV got a million dollars, I don't know. Okay, what does MTV do nowadays? Who knows? Because they, know they don't play music videos. Nope. Do they have countdowns still? Nope. 
in the morning, if I wake up early enough, the, if I'm going to watch music videos, I'm going to VH1. yeah i guess so i guess so yeah but i don't know what they do or how they got that money but i've been watching it i'll let you know if i fall out okay all right well i mean ct's gone right yeah but so what are you watching for i don't know i'll find out i'm gonna keep watching i'm not gonna let it go yet all right all right fair enough all right guys stay tuned for this week's review Alright, so this week our review is of Showtime's Penny Dreadful City of Angels. Yay! So, first thoughts watching the show. The reason I wanted to watch it is because I watched but did not finish the original Penny Dreadful. And the original Penny Dreadful was supernatural and vampires and Frankenstein. It was creepy. I loved the original Penny Dreadful. Yeah, and I need to go back and finish it. But that's what I expected out of this until you told me what penny dreadful actually meant so yeah for those of people who don't know what a penny dreadful is a penny dreadful was a i think it was weekly i'll have to go double check let me make sure here i have it in my notes probably um yeah weekly illustrated pamphlets that only cost a penny to buy and they were generally a continuation of a story. So like how like soap operas or I, I, I correlate them to comic books, mm. you would have a continuation of the story every single time. And those stories could be things like detective stories or things about criminals. They could deal with the supernatural like werewolves and vampires and everything else, which is kind of what the original series of Penny Dreadful kind of dealt with. So, so to me, the way it seems, it seems like Penny Dreadful is like Penny Dreadful equals Marvel Comics. I would go with more of a DC comic. Well, I'm just saying, I'm trying to equate it. So, and then there's Penny Dreadful focusing on this supernatural character, and they have their whole line of comics. Mm -hmm. Penny Dreadful, Supernatural, boom. And then they have Penny Dreadful, Detective Story, boom. Mm -hmm. Almost like Marvel Comics has Marvel Comics, Avengers, that line. Marvel Comics, Iron Man, his line of comics. Exactly. Penny Dreadful is like the brand. Yes. Okay. So, were you a comic guy back in the day? I was not. I don't think... I liked the comic book stories. Like, I love the X-Men animated series. I still think X-Men is one of my favorite, like... Isn't that on Disney Plus or HBO Max or something It was now? on Hulu for a while, but maybe it is on HBO Max. Every time it comes on, I watch it. Um, even though it's like a gazillion years No, old. it is on Disney because Disney owns Marvel now, and they're... So, it's on Disney Plus. Oh, okay. I'll have to yeah, find yeah. it again. Um, but no, I never really read comics. Hmm. Were you a comic guy? Um, some. I was a huge, probably Iron Man fan back when I was younger. Hmm. And I don't know if it's just because Chris Evans is awesome, but I really fell in love with the Captain America character. You with fell the in love with Captain America's ass. He's America's ass, sir. Oh, love Chris Evans. I love that part in the second, in the last movie where he just yeah. like walks by and goes. That is a nice ass. Like, that is America's I'm, ass. How dare you act like you did not know? <laughs> um, but yeah, I, I, but I, I don't think I even knew what comic books... I don't even know if I knew if I knew how to get a comic book back then. The ones I saw... So I actually knew a couple different, like, hangouts here in town. There was one called The Zone. There mm-hmm. was one called... Oh my God, I cannot think of the other name. But they were both very much just comic book anime 
um, card games like Magic and Yu-Gi-Oh mm-hmm. and Pokemon. They were that kind of like nerdy comic book store. Oh, okay. So yeah, I used to go there and and look into some. I mean, I I've been big into anime for a long time, like the Japanese comics, mm-hmm. and I would read all those. So I've read almost anything that's been in Shonen Jump. Oh, cool. That's awesome. Yeah. Though so, I guess I guess another way to kind of equate Penny Dreadful is Penny Dreadful's kind of equals American Horror Story. Yeah, I could go with that. Yeah, almost exactly set up like that. So I went in expecting it to be this supernatural thing, and then about three episodes in, you were like, that's not what that means. And I was like, oh, great, cute. So I've been expecting this in this show. but It kind of has that supernatural feel, yeah, a little in a way, bit. in a way. Uh, but one of, the, one of the major stars in the show is uh, actress Natalie Dormer. Uh, the Queen's back. Of Queen Marjorie fame. So this is, and that's part of the other reason I watched it. Part one was because I expected Pity Dreadful, the first one. And then part two was Natalie Dormer. Cause I fucking love Natalie Dormer. I think she's a, I, okay. I'm saying I love Natalie Dormer. I love Queen Marjorie. And to me, she will always be Queen Marjorie. <laughs> Hashtag boss bitch. I am still upset about that, about whole Game of Thrones thing. I know we mentioned this before, how we miss Game of Thrones. I miss Game of Thrones. I miss Queen Marjorie. But that was, she does a lot of the heavy lifting in this series. She actually plays four separate characters. Hold on, let me count. Keep going. I'm counting my head. Yeah, the German. Yep. The politician, city council person. Yep. The um, Pachuco. Yes, thank you for the term. The, did I say German? Yes. Those are the three, and then she played herself, her own little demon character kind of thing. Yes. So yeah, she played four fully realized characters completely and all four of them had a different like her um if you guys know what a pachuco is pachuco is kind of like another term for a mexican-american like thug i guess or so they were really big and i did the research on this so like the zoot suits is what they were really well known for wearing um i think that like the zoot suit riots was a really big pachuco um issue back in la but yeah they're thug is the wrong word they're they're they're, gangsters yeah yeah gangsters in a way and not like a more like a mafia type gangster type style she played um that character she played a german woman with like this fully realized german accent which where did that come from yeah i don't know how she did that and then she played a kind of ugly secretary to a politician homely yeah homely uh politician was like a completely different voice and a completely different stance and a completely different stature well the fact that she like she even walked different she like, even had like the american accent she had the like hispanic accent she had yeah. the german accent and she even had a totally different voice for when she was her other supernatural character yeah so she did a lot of heavy lifting for me i was like this bitch can turn it out and i knew she could when she was in game of thrones but this does it even more but why don't you give them a synopsis of what this particular story? Sorry, I went off on a tangent about Natalie Dormer, <laughs> but uh, what was this particular Penny Dreadful about? The overarching story. So the overarching story is it centralizes on one Hispanic family um, that has, I believe, four children. Yes. Uh, one of which is a cop. One of which is... Detective, please. No, he, he just got promoted. Yeah, uh, one is a... He works in a cannery and lives in that area. One mm. goes down the uh, Pachuco line um, and becomes a gangster. And then the other... The only daughter ends up being kind of in the religious theme. So each child kind of ties in a separate area of the story. 
Right. The two the two younger ones are more. I, be, I, I feel like they were twins because they seem to be the same age. They seem to be like sixteen, yeah. seventeen. Um, the, 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 the one that works in the cannery, I feel like is the older brother. He's definitely the oldest, I believe. Yeah. Um, but the whole point Played of by, this. Played uh, by Adam Rodriguez. Hot. Do you remember him from Magic Mike? That was him? Remember when we, remember we went to see Magic We were like the two only guys. <laughs> so when Magic Mike came out, sorry, tangent. When Magic Mike came out, like, I don't know, a zillion years ago, I was like, I want to go see this. And I made MJ go with me. And MJ was like, because MJ doesn't give a shit. He's like, sure, whatever, we'll go. And we went and we're, we got our popcorn. I like Channing Tatum. Well, that's, I mean, yeah. but And I like Fluffy. M- most guys would have been like, I'm not going to go see that bullshit, you know? But you're comfortable enough in your shit to be like, Well, I didn't have a girlfriend to go at the time. My point is, I'm trying to give you a compliment. Will you calm Thank down? Thank you. are making me blush. <laughs> Just I'm let sorry. Me tell the story. <laughs> no, but we like sat down. We had our popcorn. We we're like, okay. And then I look around, and then I look at MJ. And MJ looks at me too, and I'm like, "Are we the only two dudes in here?" And he's like, "I think we are." Um, side question: Was that one of those times where we actually snuck like rum in to drink in our cokes? No, maybe. I don't remember. We did it a couple times. I don't know if that was it. Maybe it could have been. But yeah, we were really like, yeah, we're the only two dudes in here. But regardless, yes, he was in that movie, I, I believe. I'm pretty okay. sure. He's still gorgeous. I saw him on Match Game a few weeks ago. Gorgeous. He's, he's not that great, gorgeous looking in City of Angels, but he's still gorgeous. Whatever. Either way. Yes. They focus on that family. And so the whole point of the story is it's this family's interaction with two supernatural deities. One is, I'm going to try to get this right, Santa Muerte. And that is the, she comes when people die. She takes you to the afterlife. Right. I kind of want to say she's kind of the queen of the dead or something like that. Yeah, good enough association. Um, And then her sister, which is the supernatural character played by Natalie, um, Magda. There we go. They had her name. I don't think they ever even say her name at all. I don't think they do either. But yes, I had to look it up. Her sister, her demoness sister, Magda, who the whole point is... She is betting Santa Muerte that people are innately evil and will kill themselves. And she's trying to offer up like lives and interfere with humanity to show that humans are innately evil. Right. And to be fair, watching this, I, I, that, that was lost on me for a little bit. Oh, yeah. Um, but this, but this, because part of the, part of the, why it confused me a little bit is because they try and finish, they try to put this point across. In four in three or four different storylines in a way, mm-hmm. um, one of which is there. It starts this gruesome murder that looks like it was portrayed by someone of Mexican descent, because the victims of the murder were had face paint that kind of reminisced, you know, Day of the Dead type situation and or, the Spanish writing and yes, everything else and, and all that. So the main character Tiago Santiago, um, he and his detective partner. Played by uh, Nathan Lane out Does of nowhere. A great job. Yes. Uh, and Nathan Lane plays this Jewish detective as well. He was the only one who would be a partner with this Mexican American detective. So there's there's an underlying race issue. So they're dealing with that. And then there's it also focuses on this politician who is trying to construct this roadway that goes right through the middle of Tiago's family's Mexican neighborhood. Which they kind of play that out as they're not doing this for the benefit of the people. They're doing this to kind of wall off the lesser people that aren't white, upper-class males. Right. 
so that's part of a storyline. And uh, Natalie Dormer, uh, one of her characters, has her hand in that. And that politician is does he care about the race part? He wants to he wants to earn money. He wants to become mayor. And he's also hiding the fact that he's gay. Big surprise. And then there's the whole storyline with the German doctor. Which, this one does not make sense to me. I get it. So, I get, like, I get where the Germans come in because of the time and era it's in. It's during World War II. Late 30s? Yeah. Late 1930s? I I believe so. But it's... They have Nazis in it, and they're supposed to be conspiring with the people in City Hall, the guy who's building the roadway. So, they're trying to gain favor with him so that when they believe Germany wins the war, they can come over and, and have these roadways to celebrate and have, like, tanks drive down them and everything else. But that's where I'm trying to figure out why have that German aspect and then have the German doctor, which, I mean, now that I think about it, technically the mom of the family was the mm-hmm. maid for that German doctor. Right. So that's kind of how that connects is that um, the mom, Tiago's mother is, has been a maid in the German doctor's household for like ever. So much yeah. so he's like, he's like, she's a part of the family. She has a room here in this house. The kids love, trust her as is, as what happens usually back in like that time when uh, people of color were these maids and were these housekeepers in these houses that the children got to know the help better than the parents. Well, and the doctor, the kind of side story on that is, isn't he a Nazi in America? So he's trying to like prove that Nazis aren't bad. So Right. He doesn't want that. He's like, we're Americans now. We have to, we can't go with what he's doing. We can't be involved with Hitler. We have to find our own identity. We're here. We don't have to be we're against. Now, we're German Americans. Yes, we are German, but we are German Americans. Right. So, but that whole storyline is there. And then there's the uh, storyline with the, uh, the sister the, the, Molly. Oh yes, sister Molly, which is she's like a, she's like a modern day evangelic evangelist evangelist. Yes, where she sings and she's popular, so she sings Christian songs and people listen to her. And she's like this prophet, I guess. People look up to her, and her mom is kind of behind the scenes pulling pulling the strings on her. So she's supposed to be this devout religious person. And she somehow connects to the murders that happened at the very beginning of the show. And she also kind of ends up being entangled with Tiago and his family Detective, in a way as well. Please. Detective Tiago, sorry. Detective Vega. Detective Vega. Um, and then the last storyline, which is uh, the Pachucos. Yes. And that's this, as we said before, the kind of uh, Mexican-American gangsters, the rebels, I guess, in, in that area. Yeah. Um, so all those storylines are intertwining in a way. And they, it, I feel like it takes a little bit for those to kind of like really mesh together. I always, and just we were trying to touch on it earlier, I feel like when you go to the German doctor's side of everything and just like how the first... Penny Dreadful series was three seasons long. Mm-hmm. I think they're probably going to have a couple seasons of this one as well. I just feel like it lost it or the, the continuity wasn't there. It just felt like it's out on its own and I don't understand what they're trying to accomplish with that storyline yet. Yeah, the German storyline didn't fit at all. The what, what, only thing that made sense was the fact that um, the mom, I want to say her name was Maria, but I think that's wrong. 
um, she was in that household. And I'm like, but that storyline still made, it was the only one that felt like it sat off from yes. the others. It didn't really make any sense with the others. And there was a, and I'm, I resolved to the fact that there wasn't going to be any supernatural, real, real crazy supernatural aspect to it. And then there was the whole episode where uh, they were in the German doctor's house and Maria was basically getting stalked by some otherworldly being. And I'm like, isn't it a little late to bring this in at this point? That's it, that part actually confused me more because they never really, well, she, I think we she, saw glimpses of that, but it wasn't, I think she had realized finally who Natalie's character is that woman was like, she realized that was Magda, right? Because Magda had come and talked to her before. And I think she had realized, Oh, this is her doing. She's causing the mayhem here to kind of right. escalate. And that's part of the thing with, um, with um, Tiago Vega's mother is that she is devoutly she is devoutly Christian as far as like uh, praying to Santa Santa Muerte. She has a whole little shrine of Santa Muerte in her um, in her garage or shed. outside in her shed on the, she in shed. the outside. She speaks to her. <laughs> she said she speaks to her sometimes, and she's like, I don't understand why you just won't intervene and why you won't do anything and why you won't help my family. And Santa Muerte is like because that's not what I do. And I am here to help people cross over. I'm not here to stop that from happening, yeah. I guess. So I think the show just really, I, I wanted to like it so much. I think one of my things that I did like about it was just like, I did like some of the relationships that, that they built. I think some of the acting was, was really good. I think a lot of the parallels paralleled a lot of stuff. Like when um, um, Tiago's sister gets felt up by the police officer. How many times did that happen to a person of color back in the 50s? Oh, yeah. So there's little parallels like that or walling off that whole neighborhood because they wanted to put a roadway through it. You know, so there's the race wars. How often is it that there's a politician who hates this person, this person, this person, but then in the background, they're gay or, you know, like this part, like he actually, yeah, that politician ended up, um, having a sexual relationship with somebody, one of, one of the German, the guys working for the German Nazi guy. Who actually ends up being American. Yeah, like he's American, which is weird. He's the guy who was actually, did you hear about that show called The, the Shadow Hunters on Freeform? Mm-mm. Well, he was in that show. The guy who was, uh, who was fucking with the non-mayor. Oh, okay. Yeah. So, and you also get a really, there was a really cool part where they had a glimpse of a club. Remember that? That was actually kind of cool. The little gay club. Oh, yes. That, that was probably one of my favorite scenes. Yeah. So, I, I mean, the way you're, you're describing this, and I think I kind of agree along the same lines, is there was a lot of different story arcs that didn't really mesh until about halfway through. You weren't really sure how they were going to go with this. And then wasn't it about episode five where they introduced that prophecy or something of in the future there's going to be a, a race war where brother versus brother and the yeah. fu- and that just came out of left field and out of nowhere trying to tie in why this family is involved with everything you must miss that in the very beginning because they did mention that line in the very beginning was that in the very first episode the very out first in the episode. field yes okay and which that was the other thing is that tiago vega um has a run-in with santa muerte in the very beginning of the show and this run-in he ended up having like this mark handprint. a handprint on his chest and i was like what's happening with the handprint what's going to happen and then 10 episodes in i'm like nothing happened with the handprint why was it even there why did you even bring this it it, it, made, it didn't even it didn't even 
do anything to the storyline. And that's where I was like, where did that come from? I, I, I couldn't figure out why. I was like, that scene had enough impact without having that. And they mentioned it three or four times, this handprint on his chest, but it does nothing. Well, and again, I bring up, there's going to be more seasons. So I understand they can't tell you everything in one if they're trying to build to two or three seasons total. I get that, but still, even the end seemed kind of definitive. It seemed like a finish. It seemed kind of like a, this is the world we live in. It's fucked, but yeah, we got to do what we got to do. So I don't know. what. So what do you particularly think about the show? Likes, dislike, watch or not? What do you think? So we're just going to go into my review and like what I think about sure. it. Sure. I mean, yeah, yeah. All right. So personally, I agree on everything we've talked about, that there were a lot of overlapping, and I've said this two seconds ago probably, overlapping stories that didn't really grow together till later in the series. There's one that stood out by itself. Um, the characters, some of them were really really well-developed character like the detective was really good and his relationship with sister molly was great i think a lot of the characters are really good but that's where then you get to his partner who was a really great character but then all the jewish people he brought in like you're supposed to be upset about his friends that got killed and you knew them for 10 minutes in an episode yeah or the the woman who helped hide the scientist i like, liked her she was cool i liked her she i liked cool. her but you just like her. she was in maybe 30 40 minutes of the entire series like i started to care about her a little bit and that was a that was almost like a sixth storyline that i couldn't figure out either when then everybody loves raymond's brother comes in out of nowhere yeah like I like him. He's great. Yeah. But yeah, that was like a sixth storyline where I was like, well, how does this connect to everything? So yeah. So I feel like they're trying a lot of stuff in the first few episodes, trying to build, you know, there's all these different plots, all these different people. They're trying to get everything kind of, I guess, cohesively put together. And then the last episode comes around and they're like, oh, we had too many storylines. Let's cut this one off, cut this one off, cut this one off, and cut this one off, and kind of yes, go down into something more feasible for season two. Yeah. So, personally, the way it's going, I have not liked it as, and I'm also unfairly comparing this to the original mm -hmm. one, where I liked Supernatural, I liked Penny Dreadful, I liked that mm -hmm. kind of mystical... What was the movie with Sean Connery back in the day? Sean where, Connery. Where, oh, uh, the... Legends of the Hidden Temple. Legendary Men. Yes. League of Extraordinary Gentlemen. Yes, that one. <laughs> we have a winner. Ding, 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 ding. Tell him what he's won. League of Extraordinary Gentlemen. Are yes, okay. where they had like Mr. Jekyll, or, you know, Dr. Jekyll, Mr. Hyde. They had... Um, the Invisible Man or whatever. Yeah, and like I liked how they kind of pulled all together and they kind of did the same thing in, in the original Penny Dreadful series. Mm-hmm. This one, I've never been a big detective show and, and, you know, cops and robbers kind of. And that's what I kind of felt like this one ended up being was cops and robbers. Mm -hmm. and, or like a, like a modern Western in, you know, downtown L.A. Okay. So I just, it did not hit any stellar out of the park things for me, except for probably some of the acting. Okay. So... I'm going to say not watch. Okay. But I want to see the intro to season two because that will tell me 
pretty much how the second season's going to go and if it would get any better because <laughs> I don't know. But I'm going to go with not the first season was a not watch for me. Okay. So, yeah, I, I agree with some of the same points. Um, I do think that each character individually, they did a really good job of giving each character, each individual character, like their own really good individual growth storyline. Tiago Vega had a good, like he had a lot of stuff to chew on as far as like his individual storyline. Um, Sister Molly, amazing storyline. Um, their, their mother, her storyline, they didn't really focus on Anna Marigas' storyline, but his brother, Mateo, his storyline was good. Their, his sister, uh, Rosalie, that's not her name. I don't know her name on top of my head. Um, his sister, she had a really cute little storyline. And even the uh, the city council member who wanted to be the mayor, even his storyline was still really, really good. Just like when he was talking about the, the, the points that he had when he was, when we finally found out that he's gay, when we found out that he is falling in love with this dude. And oh, oh I, f- I forgot. That was my little side point. The My favorite scene probably, or second favorite, was the gay club where yeah. they went in and they were all dancing with who they want to dance with. And the siren went off and everybody switched real quick. And it was like one of the only times you would see him be happy. And like the fact that he was so mm-hmm. evil the rest of the time, but he could just switch it into just being happy and mm-hmm. just, you could tell he cared about this man. Right. You started to root for his character in a way. Well, so, and the singer for the club. Who was it? I forgot. She was in oh, Holly- it was Patty LuPone. Yes. You're How right. could you not remember From Patty LuPone? Yeah. Um, but I think that individually they all had this. It's like they they had the character development mm-hmm. down, but they couldn't just get these storylines to intertwine or to mesh well. And I think that's where the detriment was. The acting was great. The individual storylines and the character development was great. They well-rounded a lot of these characters. So I think that where you see a show where the storyline makes sense, but the characters are not well-rounded, this had that opposite problem where the storyline to me made some sense, but not a ton. And you were still trying to connect those dots. And it wasn't like mystery for mystery's sake where, you know, it's like, oh, we've got a mystery here and we're going to leave it here for you to figure out later. It almost felt unintentional to leave Mm -hmm. some of these plots, you know, not completely fleshed out. So, in my opinion, I'm going to agree. I don't think you should watch this yet. I think I want to see what happens if they do have a season two, what happens and how it works. Because at the end, I actually left the end kind of pissed, kind of annoyed and mad. I was really kind of pissed off about it. And um, that made me really, the ending really made me angry, (laughs) to be honest. So, I just didn't, I didn't get the payoff at the end. I still walked away with questions not questions where i felt like it's intriguing me to watch but questions of like what the hell just happened or why why yeah like lots of whys for no reason so i agree i think it's something where you have to see how season two develops and see if they can mesh those storylines together in a better way but i will say like this had some really 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 good acting some really great acting. I think Natalie Dormer did great. I think the actress, I wish I would have looked up her name. The actress who played Sister Molly. Oh, I didn't she like was, Natalie's Pachuco character. It seemed a little put on. Yeah. But it, I think the reason you like is because she's supposed to be Mexican-American and she looks white. And they did not want to do... Which they brung that up. Right. They did not want to do... I, I would assume they didn't want to do like a brown face type thing and make her look tanner. Um, they did give her like 
makeup that kind of, you know, toned her down a little bit because obviously she's a pale girl. And they said she's more of a Spanish descent. Spain. And the red hair. Right. So she's more from Spain, which makes I mean, her skin's a little lighter. So, which, which is a good, they could have went the other way and go, we're just going to give her darker makeup. And I'm glad they didn't do that. But, uh, so her character wasn't the best and her character was kind of annoying. But is it that one was? But yeah, I still, I think that this had some really good acting. I just think right now it's just not enough to really warrant watching 10 episodes of it. 10 hour long episodes of that. Well, let me put it this way. That's why we're here. Let us watch this for you all so you don't waste your time to do it. And we'll let you know how season two turns out. Exactly. So we will revisit if and when season two comes out. So that's it for this week, you guys. Thank you for listening again uh, for the latest episode of Watch or Not with Jay and MJ. I'm Jay. I'm MJ. See you guys soon. Bye. You've been listening to Watch or Not with Jay and MJ. Interact and give us suggestions on what to watch at watchornotpodcast at gmail.com. You can follow us on Twitter at watchornot underscore pod. And on Instagram at watchornotpod. Huge shout out to Bradley Parsons. Thank you for creating our theme music. And subscribe and leave a review wherever you download podcasts. They'll make us come for you.